0: clean yourselves up and get on the dance floor.
1: Welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Jeremy. I'm sorry. I'm Carl. Colin! Ah. (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) Wait, what? Did you stop it? No. Oh, it's still going. Yeah, this <laughs> is We're the boys?
2: podcast, Michael. This is, this is how <laughs> no, we do it. This is I mean, how we do
1: it. We're still you going. Think there's some music.
3: No, no, no. It looked like a pause. You no, know, I just moved part the mouse. Of... So are you tired or anything? No, something.
1: I'm totally fine. You're the one that's always tired. Don't go. go don't even go there. Any rate, <laughs> tonight we are going to be talking about the celestial toy maker, and of course, the celestial toy maker being a classic William Hartnell story. Has some significance, but what is that significance, Shelby?
0: I can't wait to see Neil Patrick Harris in this role after watching this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a, a point in time! Like, I, and, and as reference, like it seems like
2: maybe this isn't the first Doctor's you know it, interaction with the Celestial Toy Maker, yeah. but it's certainly the first Doctor. And do we see him in between now and when we expect to see him on screen we were sup- the next month or so? We were
1: supposed to see him in season twenty, the season twenty three, but because they canceled, you have a context on season, season 23. twenty three. I'll get there because they originally canceled season twenty three, which was Colin Baker's okay. second season. Um, they ended up going with Trial of a Time Lord instead of the original Season 23. Now, the Celestial Toymaker, in the guise of Michael Goff, who was the original one, was was set to come back at that point. Now, we unfortunately weren't able to watch all of the Celestial Toymaker in its original form because, unfortunately, in the 1970s, the BBC decided to trash all their black and white stuff because it took up too much room. So instead, they either, um, like I said, trashed their reel-to-reels because it was just too much, or they taped over them because, at that point, film was expensive. The unfortunate thing is that they've lost so much television uh, throughout the years as a result of this massive junking that they did, Um, and originally 256 episodes of Doctor Who were lost. Fortunately, we've gotten that number back down to 97 missing episodes. And the Celestial Toymaker episodes 1, 2, and 3 are amongst the missing episodes. Although there are certainly some rumors out there that episode 2, the one that actually has the king and queen in it, may actually exist out there somewhere.
2: Yeah, I heard just recently this week, and I don't know if this is old news or new who news or, or not, but I heard that there were... A, at least a few episodes out there that were fairly well confirmed and documented, but they um, the people who have them are worried about going public because yes. they they do you know likely have previous BBC C status, mm-hmm. and you know they're worried about this being you know put in some realm of theft about them having potentially all of their archives you know be subject to you know, forfeiture And, well, two, and the So two, if the
0: BBC could just come out with a statement and say, uh, like, the, we promise like, not to
2: prosecute. It sounds like a lot of parties are calling for amnesty, Okay, you yeah. know, on, in defense on this particular of, issue well, and thing.
0: Yeah, in defense
1: of the BBC, though, you can't just take a blanket statement and say that because that could open the door for people to actually exploit things that they have that they shouldn't. And, sure, and but they there's there's other... probably shouldn't
2: have just had a policy where, like, oh, we're having a little bit of storage space, let's toss these in the dumpster and then penalize our staff for taking things out of dumpsters. Yeah, I, I can't say that that's the exact it, that situation is, yeah. that's going on, but it certainly feels that
1: way. Would you like to know which two episodes are most likely the ones that are still out there? Lay it on me. Um, Very, very, uh, it's been very widely publicized that that the Daleks Master Plan Episode 4 is very likely one of the two episodes Mm -hmm. that do exist in its entirety. Um, But the other one that is most likely to exist is the Tenth Planet Episode 4, which is the final episode of William Hartnell. The reason being is that they all automatically found Upsets 1, 2, and 3 from a collector. They didn't find them just randomly somewhere else. So the fact that he only had 1, 2, and 3 doesn't quite compute. And they believe, and it is strongly... Suggested by there, certain Doctor Who uh, elites that, yes, the Tenth Planet does in fact exist and that it's actually been And it's seen. that
0: same collector has it, basically? It, th-
1: that same collector likely has it, yes. Um, and I would not be surprised uh, because that is such an obvious thing to hold on to, to say, ha, I've got it. Now, some people just want to hold on to these just because the the nostalgia or the the worth that it has is priceless you can't really put a price on the 10th planet episode 4 but um and some of the people may just not know some of the collectors just might not know that they, what they're holding
0: if we could put a price on the 10th planet episode 4 what would that price be and what would that price <laughs> have to be for it to be sold i, I mean
2: 30 30 of go dollars here, you know
0: <laughs> why do a billion when we could do a million. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that sounds more realistic. Anyway, it's like a crowd a- operation. The we <laughs> a- achieved, you know, achievable goals. Yeah, yeah, I like those.
1: Heading back to the Celestial Toy Maker, we started off watching a uh, fan made animation.
0: That was um, really good. That
1: yeah. was student based made, and it was actually uh, you can find it on YouTube. Um, and it is actually pretty decent 3D animation for someone who didn't actually have a budget to actually go and make yeah, this. Yeah,
2: I appreciate the skill. I feel like in just like mm-hmm. a year or so time, like we might even see some sort of AI capability surpass it.
1: Well, Qu- actually, quickly. to put in some more Doctor Who news, guess what the next animated adventure is going to be that's actually going to be officially released by the BBC?
2: Um, what would that be, Michael?
1: This last seal toy maker.
2: <laughs> well, that makes some sense. You know, I, I think that's why we are, as a podcast may be targeting this episode in a very timely manner. Yeah. It, it is less of a wimely manner.
1: Too bad we just didn't have it before we could see the 16th anniversary. Yeah, that would have
0: been nice. But I do have yeah. to say there were a lot of great lead-ins for it because we've established, you know, the Doctor's got some history of this guy. He just wants to play games with them. I mean, he wants it so badly he had the Doctor sitting across from him, silent and invisible, and was, like, enjoying <laughs> himself. And he's like, this guy is so bored. And I could just see, you know, him just popping back and be like, now I'm back, I'm bored again, and I'm taking over. And, mm-hmm. I can see that'd be awesome. Like there, there was a lot of there's a lot of great, you know, uh, interaction going on with them, but it largely happened in the last episode. I felt like most of the time it was very unclear, you know, what sort of relationship, if any, the Doctor had with this guy, and yeah. you know, it was like a lot of character development right at the end. I,
3: I felt that 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 the the one thing that this kind of brought up was the idea that, you know, this first Doctor's life. Was a very long lived one, and they had obviously met before. That was about all I really got. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say, with how thick they laid on, that they were going to meet again. They, they must have originally had a plan for much more engagement, in it rather than the, oh, we'll bring him back for this season. However, many uh, twenty years season, later. Twenty years later, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I can see that, but I think the Celestial Toymaker is such a powerful enemy. Mm -hmm. If you overdo the Celestial Toymaker, it's going to be pretty bad. So I think having that gap between William Hartnell and Colin Baker, and I feel like Colin Baker was a good doctor to have the Celestial Toymaker go up against, just because you're already dealing with a doctor that's like William Hartnell, very brash, very conceited and has a lot more, I think, gusto going for him. Plus, he also has that outfit, so that kind of matches up with the Celestial Toymaker's kind of playing cards and clown motifs. Just love mystery. Yeah, but I mean, like, like
0: Tom Baker, you know... He went with the black and white guardians, he could have, you know, done stuff with the Celestial Toymaker, and that would have played in that whole thing, too. Imagine
1: if
3: the Celestial Toymaker teamed up with the Black Guardians. Ooh. <laughs> that, that could be all fun. All I'm going to say is that what really happened, we have to just be honest here, the Toymaker is just waiting for Neil Patrick Harris. To Be ready for the
0: role.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris is on record as a Doctor Who fan. He also happens to like playing cards,
3: so it kind of it's it's he fits the role well.
0: It's a summoning in the making.
3: Yeah. Yep. It's been waiting to happen this entire time. I think time.
0: it's going to be good. Now, I just going back to this original, though, I really liked Cyril as a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a kind of like tragic implication that the toy maker has been sitting with this like person that he's you know infantilized and made into like essentially a permanent child mm-hmm. in the like worst way of the term and just like oh man yeah,
2: i like from our perspective too how we saw the first few episodes in like a, a clearly animated form as we have lost you know the the true original. Yeah, and
0: parts it, two and three. It, it were wasn't real always bad. clear,
2: like you know, Cyril wasn't meant to be a toy, you know, mm. or mm. you know, someone like that, the King and Queen of Hearts.
1: Strangely enough, uh, Peter Stevens, who played Cyril, also ends up ended up being the Knave of Hearts and the Kitchen Boy in this episode. <gasps> and Campbell Singer, who played the King of Hearts, was also Sergeant Rugg in the third episode, and he played Joey in the first. Good episode. For all of them. Bravo. So basically, then, then everybody in hats. this was just like taking on multiple roles throughout. It was just basically the same play thing. Yeah, I hear that was more common
2: even you know just a decade or two ago from our own time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I find it interesting though. It, it may have just been because the toy maker has the same. To- toys yeah. that he plays with so he just repurposes them i guess
0: i think it might have been a budget thing
1: it could have been a budget thing too because i'm sure they had a lot of effects that they had to go through for this particular yeah. story
3: i do want to say uh cyril right cyril to me i just liked his costume like when we actually had to see him like yeah he, he looked like a as a man child like the most Obvious example of just that. Kind he, of. he
0: reminds me of, of the the first kid who dies in Willy Wonka's factory. Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Like no, the outfit not. and everything. No, that,
3: that's 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 it. On he those. reminds
1: me of Tweedledee and Tweedledum oh, from, yeah.
3: from Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice Wonderland. Yeah, and but, like his his manner, like the way he hopped on the last in that episode, like he just he he just knew how to. Reaches his inner child to to a degree that's like, yeah, you're just a kid.
1: I mean he was menacing, but he was also very playful
3: and He was obnoxious. obnoxious. He was a child. He was obnoxious. Oh, of course he was <laughs> obnoxious. He was he was
0: exactly as cruel as a bratty child can be. And I think it was yes. done really well. Yes,
3: yes. He was a bully and he he knew how to be a bully. Yep.
1: I think the animation also didn't quite do justice for the, the role of the king of hearts, the queen of hearts, and the sergeant, and the and the
3: kitchen... You mean the see-through the cook. sergeant?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Wiggs.
3: Listen, I, I'm not going to argue on fan-made work because... Oh no, I'm glad we have something to a represent plus for animation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fanimation, again.
1: The the only problem is that it was it was very difficult to follow the story during that time for parts of it. For and me
3: the problem on those and this is something you have to be aware of. I recommend headphones and try and really control that volume because some of the audio is a lot more muffled, especially on those two and three. Um, I could not always make out any of the words that were really coming out as new people were talking. I think in, in episode one, even like the one toy, the um, one clown,
0: the the, girl clown. Yeah. You could barely even, I think it was easier to understand the one who didn't talk.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They probably couldn't use the original BBC audio just because that's copyright.
4: I feel like they should have definitely used subtitles though. Like
3: put in subtitles. It would have been helpful. That would have been so helpful.
0: But again just having you know the animation at all was and, was yeah. real cool. And another thing
3: we had to remember we cannot be criticizing fans trying to do something with their one as one as the first episode put it this is trying to be a portfolio piece of look I can do work. Mm. Yes. So yes. of course we can criticize fans but can't okay, know why we
2: want to.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, but animation problems aside, this was a really cool concept. This was I think one of the coolest destinations mm-hmm. that, you know, we see the, the doctor brings people to of, you know, this entire universe that's built by this, you know, insane dude who's obsessed with toys and just basically I mean, I don't I couldn't tell like at the end they seemed to suggest he was bringing things to life, but I kind of thought that it was like everyone who lost the games got was turned into these like cards and stuff. What, what was the. I think it's a
1: combination of both. Okay. Yeah,
2: I think we're, we're seeing that, you know, the extent of his powers is, is more vast than we thought it was even before. Gotcha. Um,
1: I. I would also say, say that there is only one other story, I think, in Doctor Who's history, especially the classic era, that actually deals with this kind of surreal concept, and that would be The Mind Robber from Patrick Troughton's era.
0: Yeah, that one actually, I think I might have seen a little bit of this story, but I got confused because I got it mixed up with that one. Yeah,
1: and it deals with storybooks and it deals with uh, storybook characters coming to life.
0: And, and being kind of like a being small. manipulated
1: yeah being b- manipulated by a storyteller and that it, the concept's similar but not but obviously it's a bit different but it's got a lot of similarities with this particular story and I don't think they really went this surreal or this like magical I guess you could call it and until maybe more like the Matt Smith era. And so it's kind of a, a unique episode in that, or a unique story, I should say, in that in that way.
2: Yeah, I think once you tap into the power of infinity, when, we, you know, with Doctor Who that's on the table, then I think you can really, you know, throw power scales out the window. There are so many different potentials, especially as we see the Doctor just in his own realm, um, you know, again and again, you know, surpassing seemingly insurmountable obstacles again and again with just his intellect. You think with the experience of immortality um, on the plane of Doctor Who, there's not much that you can't do.
0: (laughs) True. Although, you know, the Doctor was saying, oh, man, he's immortal. He's been around for thousands of years. Like, (laughs) now, you know, with the retconning and the doctor being older and everything <laughs> like we know the doctor is like way older than that so mm. you know yeah but the doctor
2: was still amazed you know at that time scale nonetheless when honestly from what we know now he shouldn't have been amazed in the first place so mm. uh, whether it's his words i trust more his impression of the time scale and when it, mm, he may have said thousands but how many thousands was he's really thinking in true true um at the same time frame so.
0: Well yeah, but I mean, you know, they could bring in that, you know, if we're if we're, we actually really are truly committing to this whole doctor's been alive forever for first doctor thing, then, you know, the right? Celestial Toymaker feasibly could have met the doctor before the Doctor remembers too.
1: Yeah, again again. The the Timeless Child will be addressed in the second episode of the sixtieth anniversary specials that is the one we know very little about because nothing has been released on it.
0: Please save us, Russell T. Davies. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I don't think Russell... Well, Russell T. Davies has already been on record saying he's not going to retcon anything. He's going to allow the writing to stay in place. But mm-hmm. whether he... Whether he changes it up or or Connects fixes something. things, or maybe allows the celestial toy maker to have been involved with maybe it give in some it way, just
2: a little more context.
1: Maybe this
0: whole did. thing has been a celestial toy maker creation, and the doctor breaks out of yeah. it, and then it's like ah, oh, surprise. Maybe
2: this will just be a a brief you know moment in time, and then we won't see the celestial toy maker again until
3: the. 120th anniversary of Dr. Nero. Mm-hmm. This could just all be that time is like a big Ouroboros slip and it just repeats and repeats.
1: So Gallifrey still exists in in that little pocket universe, for all we know. I mean, you could retcon a lot with the Celestia Toymaker playing yeah, games with the Doctor. but you could. The only problem with that is that it does negate pretty much the plots that have come before, and it kind of goes against his own statement of, I'm not going to retcon.
0: Well, but, I mean, that's not, you know... Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, but still. It's like saying... In this particular one instance... I am backing the the reincarnation Well, a lot of this. people
1: would back it, but I think it's kind of the same thing as if you had the doctor wake up from a dream and he never had a 13th incarnation, he was never a woman.
0: Well, I wasn't that's, thinking going no,
1: that no, far I know, back. I know I know, but I'm just saying that's that's a that's what some people have suggested and I'm just like that just seems a little bit cruel. Um I think that would make no sense, but at the same time I could see why the Master would lie. I would. I could see why the Celestial Toymaker could come in as a, a reason for some of this, some of it, to not be correct. Uh, I don't think negating the wonderful Joe Martin's uh, Fugitive Doctor would be all that great, though. Cause, and I'm okay with her being before William Hartnell. I don't think the numbering changes even she, though she she,
0: she she would be a rough loss, but I don't think that we you could keep more her about the and Tartus get rid of and the the others. incarnation. Like we need more context there, I think, for me to be satisfied. Like if it turns out that she's actually a future doctor.
1: I don't think she could be.
0: I don't think she could no, be either. It I She certainly I, wasn't presented that I, I, way. I don't really, it really think it's a way to like save her
1: and,
2: and lose the other. Just part. having the TARDIS locked in, you know, British phone booth, you know, in her era. Leaves just a question or two, like we need a comment. Or okay, end.
1: well here's okay. I actually went online this past week and argued this with with a few people online, and I I had I had to think about it because yeah, the TARDIS was in the shape of a London police box, but I suggested to everybody the first Doctor already knew Earth was a safe place to take Susan, so he had to have been there in his in in some way in the past. And it's very feasible that a previous incarnation could have been on Earth...
0: And gone to London in 1963 and transformed into a police box like that and then been like, this is the right place to take my granddaughter, even though I disagree with the quality of the schools and the people and the everything. But no, also, no, I, but, I
2: totally agree that, you know, it's totally plausible there would be knowledge of that booth. And, but they have to say But it. the Tartist, What that booth means, you know, for the TARDIS to take that form. But the next time we see that TARDIS in the form, it, it's in the ground and it's not in that context. There's two others... it other, doesn't seem like it needs to be stuck in that context and it seems like we only know that it was stuck on another time frame that was earlier well here's the
1: here's the other two things that i that i had said was one clara points out to a specific tardis for the doctor to take if that tardis had already been to earth and knew to get stuck into a london police box then it already was predestined to be the doctor's police box to begin with so that way clara's kind of pointing out to the first doctor, no, you want this one. Yeah, it might be a type 40 and broken down, but trust me, you want this one because the TARDIS chooses the doctor for a reason. Maybe the reason is because that TARDIS was the same TARDIS that the doctor had used in previous incarnations. And the TARDIS remembers the doctor, but the doctor doesn't remember the TARDIS. So the TARDIS really likes to be a police booth? Probably. Mm-hmm. That I would mean, be a good reason why it gets stuck. I assume the, it does, other uh, yeah. The other... Pos- the other um, and there was one other point that I totally forgot about but that's okay
0: that's <laughs> all right let's let's, let's return to the celestial yeah. toy maker here sure um, so do we have any other impressions any other things we want to discuss no <laughs> <laughs>
4: well um I, I personally liked how we're introduced by the doctor literally just sneezing and then disappearing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. pretty
4: good. Invisible doctor!
1: Ding, ding, ding. That was quite some sneeze.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I think... Oh my I, god, where did Colin go? I would... Uh, Colin!
3: <laughs> Talk to us. Uh, no, hello! Oh.
1: I hear him. I don't know where
3: he could be, oh, but god. I don't think he's it's here me. anymore. Right here. <laughs> um, Okay, so... The one thing I think I always really want to know is the behind the scenes, because usually when you don't have an actor show up on set very much there's usually a story behind that like and that's the only thing i think i would want to find out like
0: why william harnell wasn't he was probably sick he was sick no he
1: was definitely at this point mm -hmm. ailing and so so it's probably i think he also took a vacation at one point
3: during this story good for him
1: so that may be why he was gone for most of episode three
3: I mean, yeah, that was, I think, was that when he was muted,
0: like...
1: Yeah, in episode three, he wasn't even talking, he yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. You that just could have
0: been anyone's hand.
1: It was. It was anyone's hand. It was one of the, I think it was, it could have been more than one people's hand. I mean,
2: in the animation, <laughs> it was literally no one's hand. <laughs> they,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was like a long Slender Man situation. I mean, that I it was... all
3: times, but... They just, I'm gonna uh, say again. A fan artist put their heart and soul into that. A
2: hundred times better than I could ever hope oh. to attempt. I mean, I, the same I thing. Could
4: probably I mean, attempt to make it better. Yeah. For, <laughs> but, 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 I, I mean, you can is, make it more accurate,
2: yeah. but I mean, also I can't say that this wasn't maybe just an artistic choice of <laughs> genius because it put a smile on okay. my okay. face. Okay
3: that the, when uh one of the one of i can't remember what the guy's name was steven cyril yeah Stephen when he lifted his arm that one time oh yeah and it was like just like a ball like <laughs> it was it was pricelessly like at, i was fully engaged at that point he had stubby fingers if fingers at all i don't think those counted as fingers <laughs> I mean, they were like little bumps. Really cool bumps. Yeah. yeah. That's
4: why I call yeah. them
1: stubs. They were pimples.
4: Oh gosh. Ew. Oof.
1: <laughs> at least they didn't pop.
4: Bad.
2: <laughs> well. Well, at any rate. Oh, what did you guys think of this episode? <laughs>
3: okay. Whoa. Jeremy's going first.
1: Jeremy's going
2: first.
3: Since you asked, I'll go ahead. So. I think what I did for this one is of course I have to be I have the last episode to kind of film the visuals in my head. And that the acting on that one tells me where we are missing a treasure of a, of a of a show.
4: Absolutely.
3: Like t- that one. just the way the toy maker was acting in his outfit. I mean that was a beautiful outfit. The way uh, Cyril was was acting and, and was and that was a beautiful outfit. <laughs> that was a beautiful outfit. Op- like, was- and, and the quality of the game board. Actually, yeah, no, even even the sets were fun. Like, it all makes me feel like we are missing a treasure of a story, and I think it really worked well, even in audio format, even though it was hard to hear. Um, I think what I just want to do is get that, that student animator to go back and, and fix those other two episodes, <laughs> yeah. because that's what we need. Because I, they also did a fine job too, and um, but overall, I felt that because of that, like, so I take the first episode, the re-rendering, and the last one, they kind of give me an idea to film that the two and three. That I think it would be really fun to just see those episodes done. Up and, oh, and for sure.
0: For because Joe. because
3: everything there, that skeleton, that audio tells me there, it is a fun episode and just closing your eyes and listening to it and not falling asleep um, really can help you um, oh i'm
1: actually, showing a picture of what the actual costumes for the clowns in the social toy maker look like Wow, the social
0: toy maker is a lot more colorful than i expected mhm oh, yeah the color helps a lot sorry yeah. for interrupting Jeremy go ahead
3: so the point is is that it is a real... Th- there's a lot to like about this and i'm going to say when you get to see the re, what you said, the reanimation of this one coming out soon, um, I think it's going to be a special moment to have that and to be able to watch that. And I, I recommend everyone to watch it at that point, especially. I imagine they're going to get the audio fixed, and it will be a lot of fun to watch. So, your rating? My rating will be an 8 out of 10 right now, with, with mm-hmm. the possibility of even going higher in the future one. Wow. And that is... And and really, I'm... I, now you're gonna say, well, why wouldn't you rate it lower because of the animation of the stuff in the middle? Because there's a lot of love in this story to even have some people being willing to do that for for nothing, just peanuts. Really, I'll
0: go next. Um, <laughs> okay. Now. Yeah, I. Uh, so, yeah to Jeremy's point, you know, I am trying to think, like, not about the, the terrible animated version that, that we saw for the middle two, but for the story itself, it was good. Although I, you know, and there was a lot in this to love. The acting was good. The sets, the, you know, all, all of it was. But, you know, there were parts of it that were very slow, like you know, the doctor's hand, you know, playing this game, and then the celestial toy being like, you're too slow. Faster, let's skip ahead. And it's You know, Mm -hmm. like, and that part of the plot I felt like was a little bit weak because it was like, what are you doing? You're making him play, like, frankly, a relatively easy game that, you know, he has to play super slow in order to win. And, you know, but he's not even using that time to, like, talk to him. And, (laughs) you know, so so that that part seemed a little bit like, and, you know, there, there were just some, like, the riddles themselves were largely, like, terrible riddles (laughs) but uh by and large I loved you know the concept of it and you know a lot of you know the characters and the caricatures that went in this one so you know um I'm gonna go with a 7.5 on this Mm -hmm. I I liked it a lot but it was a little a little slow for me Mm -hmm.
2: Alright, well, I'll jump in on this one. Um, so, this was an interesting episode. I think it had decent ideas, and I really love the grandiosity of the Celestial Evil Toymaker himself. You know, a very, you know, you, you put him on the infinite time scale, that makes things very interesting. Um, but at the same time, I don't think this was in- interesting enough to revisit for, you know, 20, 30, 40, 60 some years. So I I don't think this was by any means fabulous. And maybe, and granted, we're missing a lot. You know, I I did see a lot of richness in that last episode, so maybe the special effects are really strong. Maybe the acting was consistently very high, um, really would have drawn me into this episode more, but I really feel like this is kind of a weak plot from what I've seen. Um, I couldn't really get drawn into it very much. Um, I don't feel like this has a high replay value in my mind. I did see some um, screenshots, especially that you just showed me, of, you know, the King and the Queen of Hearts in beautiful attire. I mean, this could, you know, in color remastered be, you know, something really spectacular. But for me, as, as, as I've seen it, and honestly, I, I feel a little generous based on, um, you know, some of the animations that we have seen and, you know, what I've been hindered with, you know, to, to watch the whole thing, I, it's going to get a 6 out of 10. Mm.
4: Carl? Um, not a whole lot of words are coming to mind, but um, I definitely liked the um, characters, especially the two clowns. Um <laughs> There was a bit of a horror aspect in that scene, too. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you could potentially, and, like, in other scenes, too, like, you could potentially die in a lot of these games. So I feel like something, some, like, horror could, like, be,
1: like, come from that. Um, It's like a precursor to Saw.
4: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Wow, that went dark. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I personally enjoy the song movies. Um, oh no, I, I don't.
3: I'm not disagreeing there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not not going not there.
4: dark, you know. <laughs> um, Circle of Life is is beautiful, but dark. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know what I'd rate it. Honestly, probably neutral. Neutral five.
1: Okay. Celestial Toymaker is one of those It's very hard for me to judge because too much of it relies on the visual aspect of it. And since we yeah. don't have a visual representation of everything, um, I. Can't. It's very difficult to know exactly the direction that they were going in for, especially episodes one through three. Um, it could be a, it could have been very dark and horror esque, but it could have also just been kind of cheesy and and looked kind of like nineteen sixties Doctor Who. I would have loved the horror. Definitely, yeah. um, I think that this could have. Di- been done well i mean the the lighting for the first uh, animation that we saw was actually quite good and very dark uh-huh. and i think that's what made it so much better than if we had probably actually seen the original version but i just don't know i i haven't seen the original version so i can't judge it um with that said i think the storyline is reasonable um i do think the riddles are are okay they're not like spectacular or anything but they they serve their purpose um, I think the characters were intriguing, um, although played by the same three actors throughout the whole story. Um, but it's just I, th- I think it would have been better a, if we had a better soundtrack to know exactly what was being said, especially by the one female clown that we could hear only a high pitched screech through the whole thing. Um, and probably understand the games a little bit better based on the movements of the actual actors. Because I think that would have given us a little bit better representation of what actually was going on. And I think we would have had a better idea of things. The music was a little bit weird in this story. It didn't quite fit the whole Celestial Toymaker thing, in my opinion, just because it felt too clunky. Um, yeah it wasn't that memorable but it was also very kind of industrial sounding and I felt like it would have been better to have more like clown like music or regal royal music to to boot and that would have made it a lot better Um, I'm probably going to give this also a 6 out of 10 um, based on what I've seen thus far I might be willing to give it a little bit more of one if I had seen the original one just because it is very inventive and there's so much creativity behind this story and I just I feel bad for the writer for not having his the realization of his original script all out there now fortunately we can hear everything but again you need that visual representation to understand what's really going on because you can only go by so much by certain little sounds like maybe a footstep here or a shuffle here or a a whoosh here it doesn't quite give us an actual accurate idea as to what the hell's going on so hopefully they can with the animated version go back to the original scripts and and redo it in a more logical way
0: well tell us what the hell you think
1: (laughs) That would probably be a good idea.
0: And talk to you next time.
1: Wait a minute. There's one more thing that I should be pointing out. What? There's another really special thing that's going to be happening for the 60th anniversary. And it's going to happen in Britain on the 23rd of November. And they are going to release a 75-minute colorized version of the original Dalek story. They've already released some pictures online. I tell you guys, go out and look at those pictures. It is stunningly beautiful um, what they did in terms of recolorizing the story. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this. They're going to release it on Blu-ray. So when we do the Daleks, we'll probably have to watch that version as well because it's, it's going to be pretty awesome. In my opinion. Oh, and they're going to redo the music. So I'm, uh, Mark Aries, who did the music for the Seventh Doctor era, is coming back to redo an entire soundtrack. Mark, 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 Mark. In this movie format, ominous edition that's, that's coming out. So they're going to try and make it as grand and as epic as possible. Should be interesting. Kaboom any rate have a great night everyone we shall see you all next time sleep tight don't oh. let those bed bugs bite oh, Bye. bye bye, bye. bye. <laughs>